Hi friends, welcome back to Tony Talks Therapy. We've got another conversation this week learning about a new therapy modality called IFS or Internal Family Systems Therapy. This is a mm, slightly newer type of therapy that's been gaining in popularity lately that is an awesome modality. I have loved learning about it in the last couple of years and absolutely loved having this conversation with Tyndall about, um, about IFS. So let me tell you more about our guest, Tyndall Schreiner. Tyndall is a licensed counselor, a writer, and an advocate who spends her days supporting women in therapeutic work and taking to Instagram to fight mental health stigma with some wit, humor, and a lot of compassion. She is unpolished, validating, and here to get real about the things that we as a society don't want to talk about. Her goal is to support women in unlearning the shame that we have been conditioned to believe and in rediscovering and loving all parts of ourselves. She has advanced training in multiple modalities, but has a true love for the IFS model. She believes in the self-love trend, needs some revolutionizing, and she's here to lead the way. She ditched agency life to become her own boss and live out her trauma-informed ways in her little telehealth office in Texas with her plants and two big pups. Side note, her dogs are golden retrievers, so I'm a huge fan. Thousands tuned into her social media to read her dear little me letters on Sundays and to follow along with her work. Join in on the movement and connect with her on Instagram at Tyndall Elizabeth, T-Y-N-D-A-L Elizabeth, or sign up for her monthly mental health email at TyndallElizabeth.com. I'm super excited for y'all to hear this conversation. We're talking about what IFS is. Um, if you haven't heard about it before, Tyndall does a great breakdown of sort of what this looks like. Um, I bring in a little bit about how I think IFS really overlaps with sensory motor psychotherapy from some learning I've done from Janina Fisher and some other trainers that I've worked with. We talk about how to identify and work with the parts that show up internally when we're doing this systems work, about approaching ourselves with compassion and curiosity and really working to towards integration and reharmonization. I'm stoked for y'all to hear this conversation with Tyndall Elizabeth about IFS. Let's get into it. Hi, Tyndall. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Hi, Tony. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here with you. Yeah, I'm super excited to, to have you here. Um, I have been, and I think, I think I say this about so many therapists I follow on Instagram, that I've just been like loving the content that you create and the, the way that you put things out there on your page is just like so lovely and compassionate with like such a good sense of humor. <laughs> Um, and just like appreciate the work you're doing out there so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think it's been a learning process for sure mm -hmm. in terms of showing up authentically. And I think just with more time that goes by, that feels um, more free flowing. So that feels really good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's such a weird like balance on Instagram of like showing up authentically but also like sharing useful stuff and like keeping some things to yourself and it's such a um it's such a strange world to be in it is a tricky balance mm -hmm. for sure and then you bring in like all the therapist stuff that we are conditioned to be in this blank slate stuff and it's just it can be really tricky, really um, but yeah, I loved connecting with you there. It's mm -hmm. pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so tell us about you and where you're at. I know we were just figuring out pre-recording. We were just figuring out which time zones we're in. <laughs> so you're in you're in Texas, right? 
I am. I live in a small town in Texas, um, and I lived here for about three years, but I'm from a small town, so that feels familiar. Um, but I lived in Austin for about seven years, okay. and so it's nice to be back in small town life. For sure. Yeah. How are, how are things going in your world right now? How, how have you been doing? Yeah. So I thought, I thought you might ask this question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I think a lot of therapists are having a hard time, um, on the work front Absolutely. and that lands a little bit for me, but since I've come, I kind of transitioned away from a really challenging work environment to private practice. Mm -hmm. So that actually feels really good. I think where I am personally right now is really balancing when you have personal shit going on mm-hmm. and you need to also show up for clients during the day and all week. I think that's where my growth edge is right now. Absolutely. So it's like, how do I navigate the personal stuff and also show up in a way and, and kind of boundary that a little bit yeah. and show up in a way for clients. Um, that's ethical and uh, wholehearted and present and all of that. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's such a hard thing to do as a therapist. I'm I'm wondering, like, how do you manage? How do you manage that? Like, what sort of um, what sort of boundaries can you or can you or do you set around things going on in your personal life when you also have to go to a session with a client? Yeah. yeah, so this is probably a lovely segue into IFS because oh, yes. IFS has helped me so much with yes. that. Um, also, the mute function on my cell phone has really helped me with that yes. on like a more technical level, <laughs> um, like just muting all messages and calls, at least for sessions. That way I don't get pulled out of therapist mode. But um, yeah, IFS has really helped me with that. It helps me... Um, and we'll get into all the parts stuff, I'm sure, mm-hmm. but really yeah. tend to the parts of me that need it and also be able to like tuck them away Yes. in a very compassionate way, not a um, like get out of the way or go into your container or move. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like that. It kind of feels like gently tucking them away so I can be in my core self with clients and then making a commitment after session to then go back and revisit those parts and be with them. Yes, absolutely. I hadn't put that in that IFS framework before, but that sounds so helpful and is kind of what I've been practicing. I mean, I've been kind of open about this on Instagram in my grief process in the last year, a little bit more than a year now. Um, In that like, oh yeah, I would go to session and have to just sort of put it away but not really want to put it away um and I love that framing of this compassionate like okay we can't like this isn't for right now so I'll come back to you later can you step aside and let my therapist self come out um and then I'll come back right and we will talk later when there's time and space yeah yeah that's really beautiful yeah yeah it's hard work it's hard to do (laughs) It is hard. This work is not for the faint of heart. It really isn't. (laughs) It is tough. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. So tell, tell me a little bit more about IFS. I know that's one of your sort of primary modalities in doing therapy work. Um, Tell us what IFS is. Yeah. So um, 
I'll go on record and say that I think IFS is poorly named. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I say internal family systems, almost everybody thinks family systems work. And yes. then I'm talking about family therapy. Um, even though it's getting more traction now and more popularity, so that's right. changing a little bit. Um, but it is, so Dick Schwartz was a founder, mm -hmm. and he was a family therapist. Yeah. And he basically was seeing how a lot of the concepts in family therapy um, can also be applied internally. Yeah. That we have these internal parts that operate in ways um, kind of similar to a family. Um, we all have different parts. They can all feel differently. Um, I think a lot of people have can resonate with that when you think about um, a decision or something. Mm -hmm. Like, do I want to go to this party? And it's like, well, part of me wants to go because blah, 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 blah. But another part of me, like, really doesn't and is really tired. And then another part is worried about if so-and-so is going to be there. And, yeah. right, so, like, there can be this multiplicity inside. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I love that, that way of thinking about our complexity. Right. I was um, recently reading Janina Fisher's book. Um, oh, gosh, I'm forgetting what it's called. It has stacked up rocks on the cover. I don't know. Healing the Fragmented Yes. Healing self the Fragmented Cells of Trauma Survivors. I think that's what it is. Um, anyway, so she's sort of combining IFS and sensory motor psychotherapy in that book. Those are her two ways of working. Um, and she talks so much about how typically we think of human consciousness as like a singular event or like a singular thing. Um, and what I understand about IFS is like, it thinks about it in multiplicity, right? We have like multiple manifestations of our consciousness, whether that says that we have like more than one consciousness. I don't know. These are spiritual questions for other people. Um, but like, oh, it, it speaks to me of like the multitudes of things we can feel at one time and that there's uh, different parts of us experiencing different things at different times. Um, yeah. Yeah, how liberating, right? It is. Yeah, that like, oh, I can be angry and sad at the same time. Oh my gosh. I can want to go and not want to go at the same time. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. If you could rename IFS, what would you name it? Oh my gosh, Ooh. I have no idea. That's such a good question. <laughs> Um, we'll hold that question I as we go. No yeah, I'll think on that though. Yeah. So say more about this sort of parts language. I know it's sort of, I hear it colloquially pretty regularly and people say like, oh yeah, part of me really likes that guy and a part of me really hates him. And um, I think some of it's pretty, pretty regular language that we use, but I know it has a specific sort of meaning in IFS. Can you talk about what those parts are? Yeah, absolutely. So I think from my understanding, um, Dick Schwartz was led to the parts language because people were already using it, right? The clients he was working with were already saying part of me and then part of me. Um, and so the IFS model breaks down parts somewhat. And so in terms of therapy, I think we have many parts that, you know, we have like our playful part and all kinds of parts of personality. Mm -hmm. But in terms of therapy, there's kind of general categories. Okay. And so we have our, um, our wounded parts, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're called exiles and IFS. Um, these are the parts of us that typically carry a lot of shame or beliefs about ourselves. 
um, that aren't necessarily ours, that, but were handed to us in some way. Mm-hmm. We have our managing parts, our managers. Um, they're our hard workers. They are the ones that are with us a lot of the day, mm-hmm. um, kind of just like managing our life, but also really managing um, external stimuli Mm -hmm. in terms of protecting those vulnerable parts from having those wounds activated. Yes. Yeah. And then we have our firefighter parts and these are the parts that come out hot and heavy. Yes. Whenever one of those wounded parts might be activated or have their wound um, woken up Mm -hmm. essentially. Mm -hmm. All right. So those are the sort of three main categories of parts, those wounded parts, the um, managers, and the firefighters. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think we have lots of other ones, oh, but yeah. in terms of therapeutic work, like that's usually the key players who we're seeing. <laughs> those are the main ones uh-huh. we're seeing. Um, I'm just having a sort of um, information coming together for me right now. So I'm going to think out loud for a second and you tell me yeah, if this makes sense. Yeah, love it. Um, one of my favorite things to do is to try to see the overlap in different therapy theories. Um, and I'm very sensory motor oriented. And so I'm often like looking at like, how does this align with other therapeutic modalities? Cause I think most modalities are kind of saying the same thing in different ways for the most part and getting at the same thing in different ways. Um, which is wonderful. Cause then we have different tools for different people who need different things. Yes. Um, but sort of what I'm hearing, if I want to put this in sensory motor language, is that we have these traumatized sort of inner children, right? And I'm, I'm going to speak in the language of childhood trauma and attachment injury, um, that we have the, the, that inner child who experienced the attachment injury as sort of the wounded part who ends up getting exiled and, and serving as the exile because that trauma was so much, so overwhelming to the system, that part almost had to dissociate, Right. And then I hear the manager as the, um, Janina Fisher calls it the going on with normal life self. Um, and Pat Ogden calls them adaptive strategies, right? This is the strategy that protects that wounded child from more pain and is typically sort of how we move through our regular days. And then the firefighters I'm seeing as like when we're activated, like, and we go outside our window of tolerance and get kicked into fight, flight, freeze, collapse, responding, that's sort of when the firefighters come online. Is that making sense? Does that feel? Yes, absolutely making sense. Yes. Ooh, I love that alignment between these two theories. That is so cool. Yeah, it is. It is, it is. So how do you recognize and, or let me ask one question at a time. <laughs> How do you start to recognize these parts in therapy work or even outside of therapy? Yeah. So um, we talk about like listening for parts mm-hmm. and IFS training, right? It's almost like starting to train your ear for just listening to um, conflicting narratives um, and also just having some way to identify managers and firefighters. Okay. So yeah. one thing I think gets overlooked a little bit is that um, we can have the same behavior be a manager or a firefighter. Mm-hmm. So it's really about the intention behind the behavior. So if the, the intention is to prevent harm, right, prevent a wound from being activated, that's managing behavior. Right. But if it's 
a behavior that comes in when it's already activated, mm -hmm. that's firefighter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So just kind of like listening for that. Um, and then one key thing is like if there's any kind of uh, narrative around, I hate that part of myself. Mm. Like I hate that I do that. It's like, okay, here we go. We have some part stuff going on yeah, here. Like, here's a part doing something that it really feels like it's doing its job well, right? And then there's another part somewhere that just hates it yes. and wishes that it would do it differently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do these parts come into being? So, okay, I'm learning so much about this. Mm -hmm. right? So I'm still learning about IFS. Um, and so my original take on it was like, oh, it's all from wounds, right? right? We're wounded and that's what fragments everything. Right. Um, but I think it's more complex than that. I think that, um, and it's kind of split in the IFS world too. Some people think that, and then other people believe that we're born with parts mm -hmm. um, and that some of these parts are intergenerational. Right. And some of these wounds, some of these burdens that they carry are intergenerational. Huh. So I think it's, kind of complicated interesting yes <laughs> well I wonder if it's skewed too with like who we tend to see in therapy you know or the people whose parts are distressing to them um whose parts might have developed from wounds whereas the people who like if we all have parts right which I think we do um oh. but maybe like some parts just aren't distressing and so that person doesn't present in therapy because their parts are functioning just fine and not causing any um any sort of issues in day-to-day -day life does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and I think um, a big part of this, and Derek Scott, um, he does some IFS training stuff in California, uh -huh. and he talks about shame a lot. Yeah. And so shame being a big piece of this puzzle, because if we have a part carrying shame, like that's going to be a, a, a wounded part, essentially, yeah, or a part with a burden. Yeah. Right? Um, and we think about, gosh, we think about women and shame, mm -hmm. we think about just shame as a tool in society, um, shaming in school systems, just across the board, our systems have quite a bit of shame in them. Um, so that's a parts maker, I think. Yeah, that absolutely, a parts maker. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. shame sort of requires us to split ourselves or to fragment ourselves. Yeah, well, and I think that was such, I think that was a big aha moment for me in IFS because um, earlier on in my career, here I am thinking that I'm working with perfectionism, people-pleasing, mm -hmm. um, these things that I kind of ascribe to like old-school therapy model of like, we've got to fight this, right? right? We've got to eliminate this. Um, and when I noticed that it was, I learned that it was a part, like that's a part protecting us from shame yeah. um, or shame getting activated inside of us. Whoa, that's like a very different approach yeah. in working with these things. Yeah. 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 Can you speak to the way that IFS approaches working with the parts? Yeah. So, um, another belief in IFS, right? So we have parts, we also have our core self. Mm -hmm. um, and this isn't some, this is something that's always within every one of us. I think that's the belief, right? Um, this is when we feel like our best selves sometimes, it's more calm, more creative. There's like a bunch of C words that go with oh, it yeah. to describe this. Um, 
And so I used to think that was something we were in or we weren't, uh-huh. right? We were in self or we're not. And I think more so it's this thing that can ebb and flow. We can have some self energy going on, um, or maybe that's turned down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is that each part of us also has some of that self energy in there, right? Like they mean well for the system. They all care for the system. Um, And so part of it is the IFS is the healing balm. Um, Some of it can be from the therapist self to parts, Um, but really it's about the client's self Mm -hmm. to part, like that being the ultimate healing balm. Yes. And so the way IFS goes about it is that you get to know the protective system first, Uh right? And when there's enough trust there, um, then they can lead you to the the more wounded parts. And there can be like a lovely healing process there. They call it unburdening Mm -hmm. from self to exile. All right. So it's kind of getting to know those managers and firefighters. I'm hearing the way you're talking about this and the little bit that I know about IFS um, is like getting to know those parts with some compassion rather than like you frustrate me so much please go away it's like um understanding it's more of like an attitude of like thank you for your hard work i know you're trying to protect me i don't need you anymore is that a little bit more of the attitude in this practice yeah i would yeah i would add um like thank you for your work i don't want you to have to work so hard ah okay yeah right like no bad parts like that's the short latest book but like we really aren't getting rid of any parts, but there can be an unburdening mm-hmm. of them having to work so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, say more and about that. have a gift, right? It's like uncovering their gift within the system. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it feels really strength-based. Of like, hey, perfectionism, you have protected me from shame for years and years, and you have protected this inner child who's really terrified of the world, and like, Thank you, and I bet you're exhausted. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It's such a sweet model. It's yeah. such a loving model. Um, and that's where I find like I love the self love trend on social media. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Love self love. Love it. Um, but I think it goes a little bit deeper in terms of. Um, we're loving the parts of ourselves too that other parts of us hate. Yeah, yeah. Right? We're not just developing this voice to try to squash our inner critic or like get rid of it. Right. Like we're really honoring that it served a purpose. Yeah. Um, and offering it a little love. And that sounds really simple, but that is powerful stuff mm-hmm. that really goes against a lot of mental health training. It does. It does. So much of the language is like fighting anxiety, fighting depression. It's like, oh, hold on. What if these things have a, they're here for a reason and they're, they're trying to function in some way, even though they're painful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty radical stuff. It is. Can you say more about, you've used this word a couple of times, unburdening parts. Can you say more about what that means and what that might look like in a therapy session? Yeah, so um, I want to, let's get real about this real quick. Yeah. The first time I heard about this, I thought, what is going on here, right? Like, (laughs) I came from some CBT training a little bit. I was like, what is this, like, woo-woo stuff? Yeah. 
Um, and reading about it, I was like, that sounds fine and dandy. Like, that sounds cool, but like, what real change comes from this process? Right. So let me just start by saying that, because I know some listeners will have some parts that are similar to mine. Yes. It's okay to be skeptical. <laughs> yes, skepticism, yeah, skepticism, welcome. Yeah. Um, but then I experienced it for the first time, and then it was a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think one piece about the unburdening that's different is that it's not, you're not experiencing it as you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some separation there. There's self with exile. Uh-huh. And that is a very different experience in the body and the mind yes. than reliving, right? Like that can be re-traumatizing. Mm-hmm. So there's some separation there. Yeah. Um, and so some of the unburdening processes, once um, you've accessed an exile, um, you let them show you their story, right? You witness them. Um, and there's always checking for if the client is himself at that point, because if you're going with a manager that's trying to really squash their story or mm-hmm. um, doesn't like this part or is irritated by this part, then the healing balm won't be there. Right. There's like this witnessing, there can be a do-over, depending what the experience was. Um, there can be a retrieval, mm-hmm. retrieval from that time, that place. Um, it's really, it's very exile-led, like what yeah. the exile is needing, what that little part is needing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's the unburdening piece. Mm-hmm. And so it's about any belief that they took on, um, anything that was told to them that was not theirs, not their truth, right? Like, I'm bad, I'm unlovable, um, the world is will always harm me in every place. Like, whatever the belief was, um, there's an unburdening ritual with that part. Um, there's different ways that they can kind of get rid of that out of their body. Some people work more somatically, I tend to work somatically. Yeah. Um, and then, like, giving it to, like, the elements of some kind, right? So sometimes you think there's like a bonfire or giving it to the wind or giving it to water, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's an invitation to bring qualities back in. So it's like, oh man, I am unlovable. Like that, that has taken up so much space in some of my heart's body, right? Um, and then to get rid of that, like what's in it? Like there's a void there possibly. And so, like, inviting in qualities um, that feel right to that part. So maybe it's, um, I want to be loud again. Like, I want to take up space. Um, I want to believe I'm lovable. I want to invite my playfulness back in. Like, whatever it is, there's an invitation piece. Um, And then afterwards, after that's closed, um, there's usually an agreement to connect to that part mm-hmm. for like almost like daily for at least a month. Okay. Yeah. So that's somewhere that like neural pathway stuff comes in. Yeah. 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 So you're like yeah. releasing an old belief system, inviting in something new, and then really practicing that. Because um, it's not like the thing that happens in a therapy session is like all of a sudden everything is different. It's one moment of change that then requires like um reiteration over time is that what i'm hearing yeah beautiful so it's that memory reconsolidation piece Mm -hmm. which really can alter that memory right and then it's the i'm going to tend to this part and create those new neural pathways um to make it stick yeah 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 
Let's take more. Yeah. Right. How do we... We're in it. Right. (laughs) I love this. Um, How do we access that sort of separation between parts? I'm thinking about in sensory motor work, we call it dual awareness, that like mindful awareness is paying attention to the traumatized um, part that is coming up in the session, kind of the idea that we're keeping one foot in the window of tolerance and one foot just outside so we can sort of use our regulated self to work with our dysregulated self. Um, and you said that you want to make sure you're not working with a manager, but that you're working with self. So maybe I'm asking like 15 questions all at once, but I guess I'm wondering how you might go about accessing self to be able to look at and interact with these parts from that place. Yeah. So sometimes it's just about asking other parts to just kind of step to the side, Mm -hmm. which sounds simple, but it's pretty powerful. Um, But one way you kind of just gauge for yourself is a question that's asked in IFS a lot. And I think some IFS clients are like, well, if I hear this question one more time, (laughs) but it's, how are you feeling towards that part? Yeah. How are you feeling towards that part? And so if there's an answer of, oh, I just want it to go away. Yeah. It's a good, that's a good indicator that a part is there um, versus self. If there's um, an answer like, well, I really, I get get that. I understand where that's coming from. Like, um, I feel warmth towards this part. Like Mm -hmm. I, like any kind of compassion um, that's a good indicator that you have self on board. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I hope this is making sense. <laughs> it is. It is. This is such an interesting modality and one that I think, similar to like sensory motor work, anytime I try to explain it, I'm like, what am I even saying? Do people even understand this? And like, I'm totally getting you. I'm hoping the listeners do too, but this is making a lot of sense to me. Um, what? Well, and that's my growth as with Instagram. Yeah. Like, I'm thankful for Instagram because I it's taught me to take these concepts. Um, and I don't even use IFS language. I just take the concepts and try to write about them in really relatable ways. Yes. And so um, that's been a challenge, and it's been a really good learning opportunity for me. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Now I'm wanting to talk about an example, but I have one more question, and then maybe we can dig into that a little bit. Um, what is sort of the goal of parts work in IFS? Like, what are we going for? I know that nothing's ever completed. Like human beings are constantly changing. Um, but yeah, what's the goal with this treatment? Yeah, I think, um, I, it varies how this is worded Uh from IFS practitioner to IFS practitioner. Um, the latest word that I love to describe it is reharmonization, reharmony. Reharmonizing. Yes. Um, that you're not getting rid of any parts, but you want the system to work together in harmony. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not really realistic for me to think that I'm not going to have a manager with me throughout the day. Right. Like that manager serves me in so many ways and helps me manage my life. Right. Yeah. Um, but that manager isn't isn't any longer blocking connection. With my husband or with my friends, like that, I have a relationship with these parts, and they can work to serve my system rather than think they're serving my system and cause me some harm mm-hmm. in the process. It's making me think about what we were talking about earlier when, like, our own life stuff is going on, and we have to go be therapists. Like, we need our managers in that moment. 
to compassionately tell the exiles like, hey, you're hurting, we'll come back. I gotta go do therapy now. Yeah, yeah and I have us will take it further and say, um, we even ask our managers to step back. Ah, okay, so self can come through. So like really being in self with clients. Yes. Um, and that won't be perfect, right? But it's this noticing when we have a part coming out, like trying to manage clients or trying to be all therapisty with them and tell them how to live their life or whatever it is and asking even those parts to step back. Yes. Um, Thank you for that addition. That feels, yes, that feels good to find self when we're with clients. Yes. Yeah, but I think that, we've been taught, I think that brings up a good point, is that I think most of our training created therapist manager parts. Yes. And for them to step back, it feels strange yeah. and counterintuitive sometimes, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have so many. I'm just, like, thinking about all my <laughs> managers right now, and I'm like, oh, my God, I have so many. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, I love that word reharmonization. And it's making me think of the word that I often use when I talk about healing is integration. Like I want these parts to all know about each other and be able to have a conversation with each other. And, you know, when one of them has a strength that the other one doesn't have, I want that one to be able to step up and and do what we need. Right. With like self-driving the car. Right. Right. Yeah, they're like your team of allies. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we call it internal teams therapy. Hey, I like that. Because <laughs> I like the idea, like right now, if I'm just like tuning into my system, I know there are moments where these parts of me feel like they're competing against each other or almost like fighting with each other. And then, and I've done a little bit of IFS therapy of my own before. Like I had a therapist who did IFS with me a little bit. So I'm drawing on that experience right now, less from being a therapist who does IFS because I don't have training in this modality, but like the moments where I was able to access the compassion and connect the parts were moments where they felt really integrated. Like I didn't get rid of the wounded part of me or get rid of the manager, but they could work together rather than against each other. Yes, and helping them see that they are on the same team. Yeah. Is huge. Yes. Yeah. Everybody's on the same team. I love this model. I'm so glad that you want to talk about IFS with me. I never get to talk about IFS with people. It's so cool. (laughs) And it's like, it's one that I think people don't like. It's like you said, it's sort of coming up in popularity a little bit more, but it's not talked about a ton. So I just like love bringing this into this space. Thank you. It also feels to me, and this is maybe going back towards the family systems language, but it feels to me like a way of reparenting yourself. Would you agree with that language? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. That makes sense. And I'm again sort of linking it to my sensory motor work of meeting the unmet needs of the inner child. That's like part of how we do attachment therapy. Yes. Yep. It's all in there. It's pretty beautiful. So what would you say IFS is really helpful in working with? Are there any like particular things that clients might come to therapy and you might say like, oh, IFS is like going to be the thing that's going to be really helpful for you? Um, Or is it sort of generally uh, helpful across the board? 
Yeah. Um, it's hard to say because I'm still learning. I really want to be clear about that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm finding is it can be helpful almost across the board. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you think about firefighters and all the flavors of firefighters, right? Um, addiction, self-harm, mm-hmm. suicidal ideation. I mean, all the stuff that usually will eventually bring someone into therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, this model can work really beautifully with that. Yeah. Um, I'm learning that I'm having a harder time with clients and I am this client. So let me just <laughs> use myself. Okay. Right? That love is like and love to be in their heads Same and here. love the thinking parts. Yep. I think most therapists can uh, identify with what I'm saying. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. And so that can be a challenge, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so that sometimes that's just about that part needing to stay near during the work mm-hmm. or have more information about the model to understand it from an intellectual point of view to be willing to trust the process a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it is, it can be very silly. We're talking about parts that have different personalities and that can feel very silly, yeah. right, in quotation marks, to our very logical intellectual parts right. that, like, research. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I feel that sort of um, skeptic part of a lot of people probably come into this because it's a very... Um, it's a very like felt sense way of being with yourself. It's not a top down model. Um, and so I'm similarly an intellectualizer. I love to think and understand. And like that actually helps me lean into something that's really bottom up if I understand it from the top down. Because then I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Now I can trust it. Um, whereas if I don't get it, I'm like, oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> weird yes 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 I was like um I'm gonna get trained in this model first and understand every facet of it but we're all ever trusted thank you exactly (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious too you mentioned that there's like different flavors of firefighters and managers um and you mentioned maybe we'll start with firefighters like addiction self-harm suicidal thoughts um that those are firefighters sort of protecting us from harm or when our wounded parts are activated, those are parts that come up. Can you say a little bit more about what the firefighters might look like? Yeah. So like they're the ones who come and put out the fire, mm-hmm. essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Firefighters. Um, and so this is, what do I do when I just feel shame essentially, or had a wound reactivated, yeah. right? I was re-wounded in some way, or that was stirred up in me. Um, that can look like dissociation. Mm-hmm. That can look like um, binge watching hours of TV, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So like things we think, I think firefighters get this big, bad, scary rap of these big, scary behaviors, mm-hmm. um, especially in mental health training, right. right? There's some people who just like, some therapists who suicidal out, suicidality freaks them out, yeah. right? Um, and that's like, oh, we could go down that rabbit hole, but oh, I don't yeah. know. That <laughs> that's another day. But yeah, it's another day. Um, but it could just be something that it's what comes in to put out the fire. Yeah. And so this can look like overworking. Yeah. This can look like um, drinking too much wine. 
this can look like it just can take all kinds of flavors yeah um, or yeah can look like all kinds of different things yeah that makes sense I think about like the different ways we respond to overwhelm or crisis um you know some people's go-to is self-harm or substance use and my go-to is overwork and uh, dissociate through fiction and tv (laughs) um and so yeah it's like those firefighters are the ways that we try to sort of get back into grounded self yes absolutely so that can and it can be a whole spectrum of things Mm -hmm. and the very same behavior can be a managing part right right? or the firefighter yeah so yeah it sounds like maybe the managing parts can look really similar but come from a different place can you say a little more about the manager parts yeah so these are the ones that want to do everything they can to make sure that our wounds are activated So I'll speak for myself. I don't like to speak for client systems. Um, This is my perfectionism. This is my people pleasing. Mm -hmm. This is my really sweet part that comes out and wants to be liked, Mm -hmm. right? Um, That kind of thing. This is like making lots of lists, making sure I don't forget anything. This can be some of my like social anxiety. There's a big group of people. warning me, like preventing me, like, no, don't go to that thing. Yeah. Don't go to that thing yeah. or you're going to be, you know, have to talk and do all these things. Yeah. I think, um, I think we might be the same person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, whenever right. you asked me on the podcast, I was like, hey, we're so similar. Can I take a night trip there? Yes. Like, I know this. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And those manager parts, like you said, are really trying to protect us from hurt right? We think about perfectionism or people-pleasing. They're trying to protect us from feeling shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, if my shame gets activated, that looks like all kinds of different flavors, right? Oh, yeah. That can be, no one talk to me, I don't care about anybody, and I'm going to isolate. Mm-hmm. Um, that can look like, and in my past, it looked a lot different, right? right? It looked right. a lot more intense um, and diagnosable, Yeah, I think. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I hear you. Oh, that makes me, okay, we, we maybe have time for this question. When we think, and I, I think that you're the same as me here and that we kind of have a love-hate relationship with diagnoses um, and, and different mental illness labels, um, is it, let's like set that aside for a second and think about diagnosis just like as a thing that exists. Um, when we're doing diagnosis, are we typically diagnosing the firefighters? Like, is that the part that comes out that like might be more like the symptoms we see that cluster into something like a diagnosis? Yeah, I think we're seeing, we're diagnosing the protective system. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Whereas we have a firefighter or whatever. Yeah. Yes. So this is like personal opinion, right? So not tied to IFS anything or mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, but I think I see the DSM doing its very best to put groups of parts in boxes. Uh, yeah. Right? And that's why it doesn't always look textbook. Right. Right? That's why there's some, like, wiggle room in there. That's how I view yeah. the DSM and, and diagnosing all that. I really love that. It's almost like you're looking at the DSM like it's a part, right? Like, here's a part of the mental health system that's, like, trying to help. 
It's like oh, a manager in and of itself. Yes, oh, yes, and you were doing it. You were trying so hard. <laughs> really trying. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. I'm gonna have to sit with that. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna get that one, but <laughs> But yeah, that feels like a really useful way of looking at it of like, oh yeah, diagnoses are like these clusters and the DSM is doing what it can to cluster those in the labels that can make sense to an insurance company. But like, really it's the way these parts are showing up in ways that are not working for our lives or ways that are creating distress or pain or dysfunction. Um, yeah. 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 Mm. Oh my gosh, I feel like there's so many different places we could go with this, but I'm mindful of our time. <laughs> um, is there anything else about IFS that you want to share? Any questions I haven't asked that I should have about it? I don't think so. All right. Um, no, I don't think so. I know lots of clinicians, especially new therapists. Um, I have a lot of new therapists that follow me on social media. And they're always asking about training opportunities. Yes. Um, and they have gotten so hard to get into. Yeah. So you have to put your name in like a lottery system now through the IFS Institute. Um, but I will share just a few resources if yeah. that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, Derek Scott offers training opportunities and okay. workshops. Um, and he's based out, out of California. Okay. Um, Susan McConnell, Sue McConnell, if I'm getting that right. Um, she does somatic IFS and she offers workshops too. Um, I know mixed people have mixed reviews on PESI, mm -hmm. but they have some uh, training opportunities and Frank Anderson has a lovely opportunity through them. Oh, right. um, it's all virtual and self-paced. Um, yeah, just throwing some resources out. Awesome. I will put those all in the show notes. Um, and then last thing, if people are in Texas, how can they find you in your private practice and maybe plug your practice, social media, anything else that, um, where people can find more about you? Yeah. So, um, Instagram's a good way. Uh -huh. So at Tyndall Elizabeth, T-Y-N-D-A-L. Um, and then tinolizabeth.com is my website and you can contact me through there. Um, yeah, and right now I'm, I'm only seeing clients in Texas, right? But I'm exploring ways to connect with people all across um, and kind of still figuring that out. Yeah, it's, but, it's a whole yeah. thing. All right. Yeah. Awesome. I will link to your practice website and your Instagram also in the show notes. I know people are going to want to hear more from you after they hear this episode. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for letting me talk about IFS. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> it was Ah, what a fantastic conversation with Tyndall about IFS. This is such a cool and helpful therapy modality. And I just absolutely loved having that conversation with Tyndall about it. It's definitely something I'm starting to learn more about and incorporate into my practice. Um, don't forget to check out more from Tyndall on Instagram at Tyndall Elizabeth, T-Y-N-D-A-L Elizabeth. You can find her practice website if you're in Texas and are interested in working with her. Uh, her website is Tyndall Elizabeth. 
www.kimsmith.com. So don't forget to check her out on Instagram. Also, don't forget to rate and review and subscribe. Share these episodes on social. Tag me in it. Follow me on Instagram at Tony Talks Therapy. That really helps this stuff get out to more and more people. And lastly today, I have an exciting announcement. We are starting some consultation and mentorship groups. Um, I am launching those now. You can sign up now. If you go to riverbanktherapy.com slash Tony Talks Therapy Shop, you can check out these consultation groups and sign up. Um, The first is a graduate student mentorship group. So this is for grad students who are studying counseling, marriage and family therapy, or social work. Um, We're to meet for four 60-minute group sessions. We're going to have a private Zoom chat for support between groups. Um, and this is really going to focus on all the things you might want to know about what's going to happen after graduation, how to get licensed and find a supervisor. And if you're interested in starting a business, we'll talk about running a business and how that intersects with doing the work of actual counseling and therapy with your clients. Um, it is going to be such a great group um, that starts on Tuesday the 24th. Um, so you've got a couple of weeks to sign up. Um, And then the other groups are going to start on Friday the 27th. Um, The second group is a new therapist consultation group. So this is for therapists who have graduated um, and are in private practice or thinking about starting a private practice, are close to licensure or newly licensed, and want to get some clinical consultation, but also some business consultation. How do I run a practice? How do I keep my schedule full? Um, How do I deal with insurance and when clients won't pay? And what do I do about my rates and imposter syndrome? and all those things. Um, So that group's going to be a lot of fun. And then the last group is a somatic consultation group. So this is for therapists of any skill level, of any training level, who are interested in adding some somatic component to their work. Um, We're going to do specific client consultation. I'm going to do some training and education around sensory motor psychotherapy and other somatic modalities. And then we're going to talk about how to actually apply that in your sessions with your actual clients right now. Uh, That group starts on the 27th. I am super freaking stoked for these groups. They're just going to be so fun and I think so enriching for everybody. They're all four sessions with me and then a private Zoom chat that I'll also be in to be giving support between sessions. Um, They will be live but also recorded. So if you can't make it live, I will be gathering questions and comments before each meeting so I can address, try to address everybody's concerns and questions at every meeting. And then we will be sending out the recording and making that available um, for those who can't make it live or for those who were there live and want to uh, want to watch it again. Um, so don't forget to sign up. I will add a link in the show notes. You can also head to my Instagram at Tony Talks Therapy to the link in my bio to sign up for those, or you can go to riverbanktherapy.com slash Tony Talks Therapy Shop. I hope you'll join us in one of those groups. They are going to be freaking rad. I'm very excited. All right, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Take care.